0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Flying V. Anaheim Ducks podcast, Southern California's number one sports podcast network, the only place of the show for every team here in Southern California and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Yes, it is episode 12, attempt two, as uh, we tried to record an episode before Thanksgiving, but I had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, so um, we didn't really have any sound afterwards, but we're trying it again. So here with me is my co-host over the phone, Kent Huskins. Kent, how are you doing?
1: Hey Anthony doing well thanks uh, yeah coming off a nice Thanksgiving we were just chatting a little bit but you had a nice Thanksgiving uh, with Bree and the boys and uh, her family and my family visiting from Canada so uh, yeah you know we had had a great time it was an eventful few days and uh, glad to hear you had a had a good trip as well
0: Thank you very much. So, on today's episode, we're going to go over the old Thanksgiving kind of mile marker, excuse me, mile marker for NHL teams and deciding whether or not we think the Ducks are playoff material at this point. Um, but before we get to that, you can find us on all of the podcast directories. That's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find us on our social accounts. Mine is at Delhi Tweets. That's D-E-L-L-I-T-W-E-E-T-S on Twitter. And Kent's is at Huskvarna. That's at H-U-S-K-under-dash-V-E-R-N-A, correct? That's right. And that's on Instagram. So let's kick it off. Let's get into the whole prognosis of things. Uh, so at the at the Thanksgiving holiday or now after at this point, the Ducks as of tonight are three points out of the last wild card spot and six out of the third place. Uh, six out of. Wow. Wow. Tongue tied. Six out of third place in the Pacific with a game in hand of a couple of teams. So, Kent, what is your opinion on the Ducks so far? Are they still playoff material, borderline material, or you think they're going to miss out?
1: Oh, well, it's been an interesting season, I think, uh, with the kind of tempered expectations leading into this season, and then the, uh, like a phenomenal start, um, and then things uh, cooled off here over the past few weeks, and. Now we kind of, uh, the Ducks find themselves kind of where they're at towards uh, the bottom. But I think it's not all that uh, surprising given kind of what we thought might happen this year uh, to see them kind of where they're at. But I think there's been plenty of signs of, uh, of encouraging uh, indicators that bode well for the future. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think the one thing that's, Saving them at this point, and I think in the modern NHL, it's such a a league that uh, is basically so, uh, I don't know, streaks are kind of the the name of the game. And if you can get hot, you can can go from uh, last place in the league, such as last year with the St. Louis Blues last place in the league in January uh, to winning the Stanley cup. And, but I I think that was, you know, a little bit of a, a different, um, situation. I think they had pretty big expectations at the start of last year and were kind of underachieving and still had a pretty stacked lineup that was kind of underperforming and had a first half where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And then when kind of things clicked then they just started kind of rolling and and just kind of kept the momentum going. Whereas, I think the the ducks have a lot more youth uh, and experience, um, and maybe not not as much firepower as the blues of last year. But I think it's just uh, it's a different blueprint. It's a different phase. Uh, you know, in the in the life of a of a franchise, is just a, a totally different marker. So. Um, where they're at now, I think it's probably about where everyone expected to be honest. I think the, the good signs is the way they've played. I think even uh, in a lot of the games that they've lost, um, they've at least like they've been competitive in, if not outplayed uh, the other team as far as the, the bulk of the, the play just when it comes to finishing and and, uh, and the, the score sheet—they're coming up short. Some games it's close. Some games it, it looks bad, a lot worse than it actually is. But I think on the whole, looking at the way they've played, I think they—like I said—the one saving grace might be just how much of a, a crapshoot uh, it's going to be. Uh, for once, you kind of get past the top tier maybe two or three teams in the West where everything else is just going to be condensed. And I have a feeling it's going to be like that till the end of the season. So, I mean, if they can just kind of stay within within range and not fall out too far and and uh, hopefully they can kind of latch on to something and a nice, nice one last game and just find something to kind of some rallying cry or just uh, something as far as game plan tactic wise that, that works for them and that group and uh and they can yeah latch onto something for the second half and get hot i mean who knows they're, they're not that far out of
0: it. yep and uh you mentioned the tightness of the western conference right now between the whoops excuse me between the uh The final wild card spot and the last place in the Western Conference, which is the Los Angeles Kings, it's only separated by seven points. And the Sharks are currently occupying that last spot in the wild card while the Kings are at the bottom. And they have the same amount of games played, so it is tightly packed. But uh, I would say, I I don't mean to pin you down, but um, we're at game 28 right now. We've got about, what, 54 games if my math is correct. In 54 games, do you see the Ducks in or out of the playoffs? It's probably going to
1: be about three to five teams battling. Just the, the nature, how much parity there is in the West. There's going to be three to five teams battling. Everyone's going to be beating everyone. Uh, but I'm going to say it. The Ducks are going to grab the eighth spot. And, uh, and That that might be far-fetched, but I just think if, if you can – uh, go through what they've gone through a stretch like that until only be three points out of a the spot. Uh, they've shown their ability to play well uh, lately, but if you can play that well over a long period of time, eventually, Pucks are going to go in. And I just I like the way they play, and uh, once, once uh, we get some key parts back in the lineup, and uh, I, I think they'll, they'll be competitive right up till the end. I, I see them sneaking in right in the eighth spot.
0: What is the one thing they have to improve on the most, you think, to make that jump and, and to grab that last spot? Uh,
1: I, I mean, as far as the, the bulk of the play, I think they... I think special teams, uh, most notably, I mean, the power play and... Uh, but I don't know. I, I think if you play well that long enough, eventually, uh, Pups are just going to start going in. Just kind of play the percentages, play the numbers game. Keep putting yourself in those good, good positions. I mean, I'm not a. I think we, we talked to you about it before. I mean, I'm I'm not sold. I know it it definitely can work out, but I don't I don't know if it's a, a personnel issue. I feel like how this teams gonna have success as far as the scoring standpoint so just get
0: uh you know a handful of guys
1: up around 10 15 or maybe into the high teams and uh just kind of get it done by committee but yeah i just kind of continue to work for those offensive chances so eventually they're going to start going in i got it
0: tonight. there you go so kent with the positive spin on things and we did speak <laughs> <laughs> well i think I, I i think you have a point there um and going into what we spoke about, kind of last episode that didn't get recorded, you're right. I think I think the one thing they're missing is the that purebred scorer. I I uh, wrote an article about it in the hockey writers a, uh, last week, and uh, Eric Stevens just wrote an article in the Athletic, kind of. Echoing the same thing Um, with the trouble they've had scoring goals, but the general increase of high danger or good chances that they've generated this year compared to last year, they still haven't been able to bury those chances. Silverberg and Raquel have been doing all right, but kind of hit dry streaks as of late, except for I think last game Silverberg scored. But they just don't have that player who can bury most of the chances they get. And, and with the trouble they've had on defense with injuries, they haven't been able to have that of- offensive efficiency that they no. need. But uh, my my prognosis isn't quite as positive. I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs by the time the season's over. Obviously, I have the easier job taking the field um, versus the Ducks. But I just think I maybe overestimated how powerful the uh, how how quickly the rookie class or the young class was of Terry Steele um, Jones and Comtois was going to develop I think I had maybe unfair expectations for for their ability to contribute offensively and without them contributing as much as I thought they would uh, I don't quite see them sneaking into the playoffs and then Andre Kasha I thought if he was able to stay healthy which he has more or less except for that small uh, timeout he had for i I've believe it was a jar concussion um he hasn't been able to score quite as regularly as as i thought he would and with those injuries on defense i just think the damage has already been done i know they're three points out of a playoff spot but it is as close as it is they've got some very good teams to, to to leapfrog they've got nashville calgary vancouver all in front of them san jose Uh, all of those teams are kind of in that general area not to mention Chicago and LA behind them not that I think LA's really got the the horses to, to, to play better this season, although I think Chicago might. But um, that's not to say that's a bad thing. I think the Ducks are developing well. I think as we saw last night against the Kings, that they're clearly the better team, and they're clearly on the way up, I think, faster than the Kings are. You, you didn't really see much from Los Angeles last night, except for, uh, I mean, they did have a good game. They had some offensive chances. Horkin played pretty well. But Overall, I think the Ducks have the more solid core and foundation to grow um, going into the next few years. I just don't think it's quite going to be this year uh, as a result of some bad luck and, and just a general lack of uh, scoring punch. But heading into the Kings game that they won last night, 4-2, to two, uh, what were your impressions from that game? I, I definitely have a major one that I think we spoke of uh, during the last episode that didn't get recorded either.
1: Oh man, I know you had some, uh, you had some great stuff in that episode. What a, what a sad thing. What a tragic uh, sequence of events here. But yeah, I, that that was a great, uh, great point you had about the, the high danger uh, scoring chances. That was a really, really interesting, really interesting uh, stat, and I think it uh, translated or kind of encapsulated what. Kind of, I think all of us have felt like we've been watching uh, so far this year. It just, they seem to be playing well, and and, uh, and then you look up at the end of the night and it's a six-two loss or something like that. And so yeah, I think that was a really telling, uh, telling a uh, bit of uh, stack keeping and number analysis. And it was good stuff there last week.
0: Thank you. Uh, Thanks. I, yeah, I'm sorry it didn't awesome. get recorded either. That's all on me. But um, I do appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, the game last night—it's kind of one of those uh, matchups where it never really matters where anyone is in the standings. It's always going to be an emotionally charged game. I, I uh, saw there was a well, saw there was a scrap in the uh, stands there last night a little bit. When <laughs> it kinda of spills over uh like that, you know, the emotions are running high and uh yeah, I thought it was a, a good game. about thought the Ducks came out and uh you like seeing them getting the quick start, getting out to a lead and then uh obviously some pushback for the Kings but uh to, to kind of uh you know fight through that and get a, a nice icing on the on the kick, but empty netter for, for Grant, another two goal night for him and uh, you know, Ducks, I guess "quote unquote" fourth line with another big, uh, big performance to kind of continue on their uh, incredible play this season. It's just awesome to see uh, to, you know, see those guys kind of keep, keep chipping in like they have. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a good win. I think it's a, it's a fair point on just kind of the they're just a, at different points on the the overall kind of development process. Ducks maybe uh yeah, I I would agree that their their kind of youth uh is a little a little farther ahead, maybe having last year to uh to play and have a good team and have some success and and play together and get some experience uh, in San Diego and you just see like I think um maybe the numbers aren't there but I really I think I, I really like Troy Cherry's game. I think he's uh, he, he's going to be a key component moving forward. I think he's played well. I think the, the other guys have played well too. I mean, maybe expectations were uh, a little high, and uh, and hopefully, I think I guess that's just uh, the nature of being a fan. But uh, yeah, as far as the game last night, great to see the guys kind of buckle down, come out strong, and then be able to hold on in the end. So what were your thoughts?
0: I did think it was a good. I thought it was a good performance. Um, I, again, the Kings came on pretty strong. I think in the in the later periods, but the Ducks were able to hold them off. That that last that that fourth line, as you said, quote unquote, has been really. I think the one of the strongest points for the Ducks all season. It's almost like they have the depth scoring, but they don't have the they don't have the the power the the. Upfront scoring, so um, it's great to see Derek Grant get two more goals. Carter Rowney get a goal, and I think Grants now got himself a nice little campaign by the uh, Ducks Twitter community to get him voted into the All Star game. So that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. Um, But yeah, I think overall that was a it it did it did go to show who is the better team in in Southern California right now. Overall, even though even though the Kings brought it, I think the Ducks generally kept it under control. Um, and that, that got me to wondering, and I don't mean to put you on the spot again, but can you, do you have any memories of a more intense or one of the more intense, um, freeway face-off moments that you were involved in? I know back when you were at the Ducks, you guys were probably getting the best of them because, uh, from experience, having watched a lot of Kings games in that era, it was not pretty.
1: Yeah. I think talk about a, uh, a rebuild that they were kind of just starting that, uh, during those years, and I remember, uh, yeah, I mean, like Kopitar and Brown and all these guys coming in, and they they definitely kind of uh, put emphasis on and, and getting those guys experience and and kind of uh, and sticking with them over a period of time, and and then you saw the end result. So being there for, uh, I think, first my first full year with the Ducks. um, Yeah, I feel like we we usually had had the better of that series, but even year one to year two, you started seeing the progress, how those guys were uh, coming along and improving. You could kind of catch glimpses of what was to come, and then uh, so, like yeah, I said in the second year, I think we we still probably, uh, again, had the better of it, but you can start to see uh, the process take shape and, and and the vision and kind of what they were trying to do, and then to kind of parlay that year, getting a little better each year, and then uh, before you know it, they were hoisting uh, their own Stanley Cups and had uh, had built a bit of a, a mini dynasty there for for a good a good chunk of uh, a few years. So, uh, yeah, as far as individual games, I not that I can. Uh, not that I can remember, that's horrible. But uh, I, I, that's kind of the, the general synopsis that we I feel like we probably had to, had the better of the better of the, the games those two years, but uh, it was the beginning of what was to come for the game.
0: Got it. So off to another subject that isn't, well, it's it's a kind of tangentially Ducks related, but um, the last couple weeks, a lot has come out um, about the coaching community kind of in the NHL, specifically Mike Babcock and Bill Peters are the big names, though the two of them have kind of had different controversies surrounding them. Obviously, Bill Peters, uh, I believe, resigning as Calgary Flames head coach due to some allegations of racism, which um, if they, I think it's he admitted to them are certainly uh, justified he should lose his job but Babcock was a little bit of a different oh boy uh sorry my cats are fighting <laughs> um Babcock was a little bit of a different animal in terms of he's he's uh players have alleged abuse that that he mental and physical abuse of, of Babcock after he lost his job with Toronto and things have kind of slowly trickled out um you played with him in Detroit what was your general hold on let me uh, I gotta give me all right, never mind. It's the fight is over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, not to make light of a of a uh, of a, a, a tough subject, but what was your general experience uh, under Babcock when you played in Detroit? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess kind of always wonder if
1: if it uh, you know. It, chime in on these things but honestly my experience I it wasn't like I, I say that there's maybe some hints and, and a little bit of crossover with uh, with what happened but for the most part with me uh, I I don't know I, I didn't have those exact experiences and like I say I guess I so I, I can just I'm fine to say kind of how it went down Is I, I actually uh, signed a, so it was coming out of uh, the lockout year. Uh, this where we started playing right after uh New years, I believe. So I was, we were living in orange County and I went to uh, play on a, a PTO. I didn't play during the lockout. I was kind of rehabbing some injuries and uh, signed a PTO with the, the ducks farm team. And, Uh, Norfolk Virginia so I went there uh, to play uh, for a couple games just in hopes of uh, getting a contract with Ducks or with with anyone who was watching because at that point teams were kind of uh, everything was heightened and and training camps were shortened and I mean guys were getting hurt and teams were looking to fill out rosters and and everything was pretty intense couple weeks so I mean the stands I played a Friday Saturday night game in Norfolk and the, the stands I mean were are full of scouts and uh and uh yeah so I, after that weekend uh, my agent called me on Sunday and said uh we've got a uh we've got, a, got an offer from uh Detroit and I thought Detroit I mean and it's funny uh, over the course of my the first part of my career uh with the the ducks and, uh, and the sharks, some of them, my best games were always against Detroit. Like I, I scored probably my most career goals against Detroit. Like it was weird. Like so, um, so I ended up signing signing to go with Detroit, and I was excited to go be a part of the the storied franchise. They still had uh, Lidstrom, I uh, just retired, but I mean Zetterberg, Dotsuk, uh Franz and all of those guys were still there. Still had a great team. I was excited to go, so uh, I fly there on a Sunday morning. Basically, it's one of those where you get your uh, like. I land and there's a, a a car waiting to take me to to the Joe. To basically, I get there a half an hour before the meeting starts. So, like, just basically traveling. play the same day. They had a bunch of injuries coming out of the lockout, so. I got to play right away, came in and played uh, four or five games. Uh, went pretty well and like coaching stuff started um, like throwing me out in like the five on three penalty kill and like late in the game, that kind of thing. So I, I kind of was personally kinda of hopeful this was gonna work out, but then once everyone got healthy Uh, I was clear that I was going to be just kind of the the odd man out, and uh, so I was basically healthy scratch for uh, a good chunk of games, and then uh, when I would get in the lineup, I I kind of felt like at times I was, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe, uh, I don't want to say singled out, but like a time during video, if there was uh, a mistake that I made, uh, there was a little more of a spotlight shone on it than perhaps if one of uh, uh, one of the other guys did it or, or whatever. But I didn't really think much of it at the time. And uh, Mike was always really um, kind of affable and friendly, and would always kind of like talk to me. We talk about the anaheim and like where he lived when he was here where where we uh lived kind of in the summers here like he, he was always super friendly uh with me and then um, yeah the, the playing side of it didn't work out and definitely a lot of uh, kind of being a veteran guy getting healthy scratch for a, a good a, a good amount of games in a row and uh but the one thing i'll say when i got i, I actually ended up uh asking for a trade and, uh, they were able to, uh, move me to Philadelphia. Uh, Ken Hong is a great guy. and He just said, yeah, we'll try and, uh, move you to somewhere where you can, uh, have a better chance of getting in the lineup. So you can try and at least extend your career, that kind of thing. So our, I always appreciated that when I got traded. I remember, uh, Mike came, came into the locker room and said, you know, I appreciate everything you, you did and, uh. Thanks so much. You did a great job. I know it's not an easy role, um, but so, yeah, like I uh, well, I guess that 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 was my experience. I mean, he I can't say how he was with other guys. I mean, if some of these stories come out were true, that's that's pretty brutal. But, I, you know, I don't want to do anything other than, than give you uh, what happened. That that was my uh my
0: experience. Yeah, that's interesting. It um, it is obviously there are two sides to every story, and and your experience sounded like a much more positive one. Um, but it is interesting the sharing the whole Anaheim history between you two. I wonder if that 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 helped in terms of because uh, I was thinking about it. Obviously, the Babcock success at during his short stint in Anaheim was not the only reason he continued to get. I imagine NHL jobs and, and and kind of broke into the NHL and play, coached Detroit, but I'm sure it's a significant reason considering just how successful they were and kind of how surprising that run in 2002, 2003 was. So it's interesting to me that he, that he kind of, I mean, in a lot of ways started his NHL career in Anaheim and, and launched it there. So it's interesting to yeah. hear... Um, your your experiences in Detroit, I thought that uh, it would be good just, just hearing from somebody who played for them and played for him uh, to kind of hear how it was. But let's get on to a more uh, lighter subject now, our three stars of the game uh, uh, segment, what we tried to do last week, but once again, the uh, technical difficulties didn't work out so well. So three favorite NHL jerseys, or just we'll say hockey jerseys. Uh, go ahead, what are yours?
1: Yeah, so... Uh uh yeah if i can remember correctly it was the uh the quebec nordiques is my uh like the, i like the old school growing up in the small town canada i always uh was a montreal fan um and then so i i think i always kind of that's always a a classic kind of uh iconic hockey jersey and then there was i i just decided that uh everyone else was, was like in Montreal and that, uh, I was going to like the Nordiques, which was also just sort of like a kind of random, like, uh, we wasn't not not going to win any design awards or anything, but it just ended up being, uh, I don't know. So plain that it was cool. Like, and plus the Nordiques were always horrible. And I, like, I just like, like cheering for them and rooting for the underdog and all that good stuff. So those are, uh, Yeah. I think those are my two, uh, two kind of throwback jerseys. Um, I'm trying to think of my third one from last week. Oh man. It was a good one too. What what were your threads?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Mine were, mine were a common thread. Mine were all generally, uh, red jerseys. I'm a big fan of the, uh, of the kind of the classic jerseys, the, the timeless ones. The Detroit Red Wings, it's now the home jersey. It was the way jersey back in the day before the first, uh, the 05 lockout. I just like the red, the, the the color of red, the big solid sleeves and the, the font that the, the names are, the kind of digital font back there is pretty cool, even though it's a, it's an older jersey. Um, and then the Blackhawks, obviously, with the, uh, the red, again, the red home jersey with the classic logo on the front. They haven't really had to change much through the years, and I think that's because it is it is really a timeless jersey. And then you'll notice the the last part of the trend with the red, especially like red, white, and blue jerseys, except for the Montreal Canadiens jerseys, uh, the Washington Capitals home jersey I think is great. I love the way it looks. Um, it's kind of a much more modern take on their original jersey, which... which um, I wasn't a big fan of at the time, but now I like kind of the more solid red um, home jersey again. And then the honorable mention was the World Cup of Hockey in 1996 Team USA Nike jerseys. I've been looking for that on eBay ever since uh, eBay's come into existence. But I remember loving those jerseys when I was in third grade or whatever it was uh, during that World Cup of Hockey. It was, it, they, they were very kind of unique.
1: That's right. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great kind of a obscure reference. Well, not obscure, but just kind of off the radar. And that was uh, I forgot about those. And those are definitely sharp and, and three good picks uh, for sure. Nothing uh, you can't go wrong with it with either of those. Um, and I I've, I remembered my third one was the uh, the original when the uh, when the Kings. We're talking about the Kings the whole episode. I can't even remember this. <laughs> It was the throwback, uh, the Kings jersey when, when Gretzky first got traded, and then they came out with those, uh, the black and silver, and switched over to that, and it was just kind of edgy, and nothing like it uh, was out there in hockey, and it was just kind of, and I remember saying, it, you started seeing it in like rap videos, and growing <laughs> up in rural Canada, I just thought that was uh, so cool to see, a, to see a hockey jersey in a rap video, and um, and yeah, those, those jerseys, yeah, were just so like, uh, yeah, so cool. And so unlike anything that i been done up to that point, and it was cool, extra cool that it was, uh, LA too, just kind of, uh, one of the, such an iconic city in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, so that was my
0: third one. Absolutely. And I agree with you there. Something that I think I wasn't able to articulate on the last one as well, but, um, I like that kind of the trend that LA, LA teams had where they kind of mimicked each other, where the obviously the Lakers had their um, kind of colors and, and I believe it was the Lakers owner who first owned the Kings. They had them in similar colors with the the yellow and the, I'm probably getting King's fans feel free to crap on me all you want. I'm getting the official name of the colors wrong, but like the golden and kind of royal blue and and um, yellow purplish combination that the Lakers and the Kings had. But then when the Kings switched to that black and silver, it kind of, it, it was a lot like the late, the, excuse me, the Raiders who were in LA at the time. So yeah. I kind of liked that the synergy between the different teams in the same city was, was pretty cool to me. So it's definitely a good choice.
1: No, nice. Good point. Good point. Very true.
0: Um, but that's going to do it for episode 12 of the Flying Viennheim Ducks podcast. Uh, we can, uh, tell you that there's probably going to be a couple of interviews coming up that you're going to be interested in hearing. One of them is confirmed for next week, but I don't want to spoil it just in case anything uh, happens with our schedules. And then, uh, maybe some, uh, some other ones coming up in the future. I've got one potentially, uh, scheduled if, uh, if the, if the players, dad, uh, is correct in his, uh, (laughs) in his saying that he's going to come on, but that'll do it for the episode. Like I said, you can find us on all the podcast directories. That's iTunes, Spotify, Luminary, TuneIn, and Google Play. You can find us on our social network accounts and you can find Kent at his coffee shop. It's Huskins Coffee down in Santa Ana. So, uh, anything else you want to add for the night? No, that's great. All right. Well, we'll see you next week.